When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! All right, Matt, it is time for something that I don't think has ever happened or will ever happen again, which is that we are about to talk about a Weird Al title track that is a polka medley. Yeah, this is it. This is the only one where the album was named after the polka. I think Dare to be Stupid's the only other one where it's even got a title track. Ooh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Um, I, I guess unless you count the UHF soundtrack, I feel like that's like a weird. Well, like, yeah, okay. So if we count UHF, then yeah, there is the title UHF song. Um, but yeah, there's no off the deep end song. There's no Alapalooza song. There's yeah. no bad hair day. There's no running with scissors or like poodle hat. This is kind of the end of it. Wood. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Very weird. I feel like the title track of an album thing isn't as popular as it was way back when. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, maybe it's just, it's funny that Al wouldn't do a title track, but maybe he's just, I don't know, his ideas are so all over the place that I think a title track implies that there's a single thing that represents the whole record. Like one song yeah. is representative of the whole thing, and that's just not his style for the most part. And it makes sense with Dare to be Stupid. We, you know, as we're having this conversation, I've realized that. I knew about this album for a while. Like, like as soon as I... Because I know you were like, I really didn't even know this album existed. Yeah. I had watched that video compilation so much, and I was like, I need to know what every single song... Like, what album every single song is off of. Yeah. And I didn't love uh, Living in America. So, like, I already had this... Or Living with a Hernia. So the song already kind of ranked album ranked low in my eyes right but then because it was called polka party and i was still not fully on board with the polkas i put off this album for a really long time assuming that it was like the two singles and just a shit ton of polkas yeah <laughs> because i was young and this stupid. album had christmas at ground zero living with a hernia and then eight polka medleys and eight polka medleys <laughs> let's jump into this polka medley because i know we've talked about Sometimes out the this whole album is an example of a lot of Al picking the wrong song, assuming that it would be a big hit. Sure. And 
even this polka, I feel like it's split right down the middle. There's there's a decent amount of songs that still are big songs, and then there is a spot in the middle where I'm just like, the none of these songs resonate with oh, me even a little that's, bit. That's very interesting because I don't feel the same way about that, but let's get into it. I'm curious to know which ones okay. you feel like, because I actually was just going to say, I feel like for the most part, this medley hits some pretty good... I feel like I, some of the songs in this medley would have been better served as parodies in terms of longevity. Like he hit some really good oh. markers in this in this medley. So I'm not saying that these are all bad at all. I just think that there is, and this will be the case in almost every polka. But there are definitely a handful where I'm like, "Ooh, that's the one you picked by that artist." Sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all right. So we kick it off. Sledgehammer. Love this fucking song. Oh, Love yeah. this polka intro. It's great. I don't know if we ever get any other Peter Gabriel from Al. So, well, we get we definitely have some Peter Gabriel style parodies. Oh, down the line. Then we will hold off on on deep dive. Yeah, no, it's great. I also love the um we already heard the uh in the last polka medley we covered um Sledgehammer has the uh the I want to be bang bang like that the hammer anvil yeah. sound which he used in Bang Your Head. On yeah. the previous, it's pretty much the exact same thing. And you know what? I'm not mad to hear it again. No, it's, super it's fun. great. It's super fun. The anvil should be in more stuff. Yeah, more <laughs> hammer anvil sounds in music, guys. I agree. I feel like it's not an accident that we go from one vocalist of Genesis hey. right into another vocalist See, from Genesis. Kind of stuff, Al. Yes. No, it is definitely <laughs> with, not an accident, knowing Al. With Studio. Yes. Susu Studio. Studio. Do we get any more Phil Collins no. in Al's? Okay, so let's talk Phil Collins I don't Collins think so. Um, you know, the polkas are the only wings. Every once in a while, I look at a polka. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is in there. But I feel like this is kind of the peak of Phil. So I love Phil Collins. <laughs> like, Phil Collins solo. I know that, like, people are really divided. I don't know. People like to be divided on vocalists in popular bands yes. in ways that don't make sense to me. Like... I can enjoy Sammy Hagar singing in Van Halen sure. just as much as David Lee Roth, yes. and it doesn't change my enjoyment of Van Halen. Sure. And that's my same perspective on Genesis. They're two different sides of the Genesis coin, for sure, and that shows in like Peter Gabriel continuing to do very abstract, weird solo music, while Phil Collins definitely did way more poppier solo music but they're both valid and good and genesis never stopped being proggy and weird it's like, true yeah i mean well i think phil collins definitely pulled genesis more into the mainstream but again to and, and which is the reason why like music snobs are always like the peter gabriel stuff is the because it's weird and progressive and i mean the reason why genesis just finished their like farewell arena tour 
is entirely because of Phil Collins. 100%. And it's like, let's not pretend that Invisible Touch still doesn't have like an eight minute prog instrumental with the Brazilian or like the extended version of Tonight Tonight is almost 10 minutes long. Like, no, you're right. It's not like he just was like, oh, we're going mainstream and we're just writing three minute yeah. pop hits and yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. else. Like, no, it's true. And it's funny, you know, there's a, uh, when I used to work at the record store, there's this funny phenomenon I saw, which was like bigger artists. You could sort of see public perception change when you took a, a record like Phil Collins records. Like everybody had a copy of no jacket required. So anytime you got a record collection in, it had a few, like it had that record in it, it had a few Phil Collins records. Um, and they were so common and not popular. Like they were in the dollar bin always because nobody really yeah. bought them. It was a cheap record. And while I was there over a few years, I watched them move from the dollar bin to the $3 bin to the four, five. Like suddenly they just kept going up because people wanted them. And now I feel like Phil Collins is more, he's probably the most respected in a long time. I think people have really kind of come around to him. Like all the memes about his Tarzan soundtrack. Exactly. You know what I mean, like that. It's like that you had like in the air tonight had this huge resurgence yes. because of the hangover yes. for a while. Like studio may I like studio, but I can admit that it is it is definitely his like one of his more cheesy pop radio. It is. <laughs> it is definitely. It's not my favorite of his. At the time this came out, this was a big song. It is cheesy. It works well in this context, especially if you want to talk cheesy as the thing that takes us into Party all the time. Party all the time. By Eddie Murphy. Honestly, in the context of this polka, I am delighted that it's here. I really am. <laughs> yeah. I really am. It's a great marker. The, th- the thing I love about these polkas, with a couple exceptions, we I think we've kind of gotten past them now. Well, we still have a couple of weird ones like the Bohemian polka, but it's this great snapshot. In general, Al's albums function as a snapshot of that moment in pop culture because he's yes. generally referencing stuff that's so of the moment. And the medley is like, here's what was on the radio in 1986. And I, I love hearing because, you know, it's just so all over the place. But yeah, I mean, wh- where else are you going to hear Party All the Time? Exactly. Not on your current radio station, that's for sure. No, not at all. <laughs> this is where we get into a few of the songs that I'm like, I just don't think these are the songs for these artists. I like Lionel Richie. I don't think Say You, Say Me is the like the Lionel Richie song that people think of. Say you, say me, say it for always. That's the way it should be. I think it's one of the ones people think of. I don't know. What what's uh, uh, what do people think of more? I would say hello all night long. Yeah, um, I mean hello also had its meme moments, didn't it? Yeah. But all night long I feel like has been the song that has persisted forever. And I would just like to hear all night long in a polka, honestly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's like fair. him doing the That's all fair. night long. Yeah. All night. And then we go into I really don't know this song. I've never heard Freeway of Love by Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Oh, oh, just really quick, back to Say You, Say Me. I love, it's a thing that comes up in the polkas a lot as well. I will always laugh 
at the uh, whining trumpet with the mute. The say you wah, say wah, me. Wah, yeah. wah. Like, yeah. Every time he does that, I laugh. It's just such a funny device. It's such, dude, mutes. It's so interesting that mutes can be used for something so comedic like that. It's hilarious. But then like one of my favorite New Orleans jazz songs, like Duke Ellington doing, um, was it East Side Toodaloo? Oh, yeah. It's it's beautiful when used appropriately. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, do you know this Aretha Franklin song? Like this song came up and I'm like, I have no clue what I, this song I do is. know this. This was definitely like a later. I, I So again, in these polkas, I often think that it's like, it's him picking stuff of the moment, but I also feel like it's maybe she, this was a later hit for Aretha. You know, this was like past her biggest days, generally speaking this, but this was a hit at this time period. And I feel like maybe Al is just a fan and is like, I really want to do an Aretha. Like it's an opportunity for him to do somebody that he hasn't been able to cover yet. And he'll just grab that opportunity be like, Oh, if I have a chance to sing an Aretha Franklin song, that's of the moment. I want to take it. Okay. That's fair that, I, I think, again, I'm projecting a little bit there, but that's my guess. But it was a hit for sure. It was definitely a hit. Okay. Yeah. I got no complaint about in excess what you need. That's why you need. Oh, that's why. What you need, what you need. I mean, in excess, painfully underrated band. So many songs that you could do, but this was definitely a big I one. I actually love, this is maybe going to be hard to explain, but from a musical nerdy sense, the song What You Need is all about the rhythm. It's got this very mm-hmm. herky-jerky rhythm to it. If you don't if you don't think you know that song, I'm sure you do if you listen to it. It's a very, very big hit. And the way that they were able to integrate the song rhythmically into the polka without it feeling awkward is very impressive to me musically. Because it actually right. still has that da-da, da-da, um, those like hits to it. But I don't know. I, I, I'm impressed by the their ability to stitch it into this medley. I, I would have never known how to get this squeezed between Aretha Franklin and the Rolling Stones, but Al pulled it off. It's, it's a, I would have thought it's it would very work. quick though. It's very quick. He, he, they, they jump in and out of the in excess one yeah. super fast. Um, and like you said, we go into Harlem's shuffle by Rolling Stones. Not the first time that it, there's going to be a swing and a miss on Al predicting what's going to be a big Rolling Stones hit that lasts for eternity. Yeah. It's quick. I think it's mostly just because he wanted to say do the Harlem the Polka. Whole, in the Harlem Polka, song. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he got to do a real like oompa, like Oktoberfest style instrumental <laughs> underneath it. Um, yeah, that's the joke of really including this song, which is fine. Again, I, I, I think I agree that this is the least, oddly, by the Rolling Stones, I think this is the most obscure now track that's on this which is funny because the next polka that we're going to talk about is an all rolling stones polka i know (laughs) boy does he love the stones this is where i'm done like that is the block where i was like oh i don't know if he picked the right songs by some of these artists in this point Mm -hmm. from this point on he's killing it yeah venus venus she's got it Perfect. Like, so good. Works beautifully. I have never really dug deeper into Bananarama, though. Good. It's They're like, a good. No, I, no I'm sorry. I, they are a good band. I, it sounded like I was oh, saying good. You're like, good. I've never dug into Banana. <laughs> good. Don't. <laughs> good. No, no, no. No, they are good. They are good. They made good records. You should definitely uh, just 
Just um, a ridiculous name. The it's a ridiculous name. Venus that quickly segues into Nasty by Janet is so good. That's great. Yes. Another really tricky musically. We've said it before about these polkas, but I have to say it every time. The musicianship that goes into making these is unbelievable. And the, both the way it's composed, the way he manages to stitch it all together, and the way the band plays rhythmically, like the cut into nasty with like the stops yeah. is really, really intense. And this is so fast. I feel like more than usual, this polka is light speed i even wrote this feels really fast this feels short yes it does i think it's like maybe like three minutes and 20 seconds but it feels like it's two minutes like it moves so quickly through these songs yeah the trash cans come in for falco uh doing rock me amadeus Absolutely love and this song. And my favorite thing about the entire polka is when that comes in, it's that crazy trash can drum beat. And it's just that. And Al, just over the top of it at one point, just goes, I like this part. <laughs> I love that, that so is true. much. He does do that. Um, <laughs> so we did an episode about Falco on One Hit Thunder. Oh, yeah. Um, and everyone should check it out uh, beyond the fact that it's a great song, interesting story. Technically... Falco's a really interesting person because Falco, A, was the, I think he was the first non-English song to hit number one because most of that wow. song is sang in German. Yeah. But secondly, he is a one-hit wonder in the United States. He's had a couple other hits in Germany and then a different one-hit wonder covered one of his songs and that was their one hit in the states they translated it to english and did a cover of it and that was a different band's one hit that that was Don't featured turn around oh, oh. that's in a movie <laughs> that i know it's in wedding singer that's it that is it <laughs> yes. wow it's definitely in wedding singer but yes so falco is one of the weird artists that is a one-hit wonder in the states and then another <laughs> one of their hits in a different country was covered for a different artist to be a one-hit wonder very rare thing just a fun little falco fact yeah i love fun little falco facts i also think that i genuinely did not know the song rock me amadeus until i had a already known the simpsons dr zayas and then b the bloodhound gang sampling it in one of their that songs is exactly as well before what i was gonna I say the bloodhound like... gang have a song called mope that and that is the intro it's boom boom <laughs> Oop, rock me amadeus and that's the like the setup of the beat yeah dude that song mope might be low-key the best song that the bloodhound gang ever did that song is insane that is an absolutely <laughs> insane song i haven't listened to that in such a long time but i might have to revisit it now one day i've always dreamed of uh having a friend who knows the song as well as i do so that we could do it at karaoke <laughs> yes <laughs> it's such a crazy I, I, karaoke it's possible song that i could be that friend matt we'll have to see oh man maybe <laughs> one day one day maybe we'll play alcon one day they'll be there like hey go. let's bring in the weird algorithm podcast and i'm sure there's a karaoke night i'm sure yeah at alcon <laughs> the thing that they're going to want us to do is to do a bloodhound gang karaoke event right. <laughs> a very filthy bloodhound <laughs> exactly yeah event. yeah uh all right so it goes into shout which is fun but again it's short like a, a lot of these are like 
15 seconds were in and out yeah. of these covers. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on. I'm talking to you. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's funny, again, because, like, obviously the polkas inherently are this, like, you know, get in and get out as fast as you possibly can. But this one does have exceptionally frantic energy uh, compared yes, to some very of the other much ones. So. Yeah. So, first of all, let's talk Tears for Fears for a second, because I don't think that we're going to get a chance to ever ever again on this podcast with any future songs. I don't think we will. What a great band from the 80s. Such a great band. Like, like Even the, up until the, the recent day. The songs from the big chair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that record is a masterpiece and is, uh, you know, a reasonably well-documented masterpiece, which is great. Um, there was a, uh, I think it's called Break It Down Again by uh, Tears for Fears that uh, our old sound guy used to play uh, before every Weedah show. It was like a, a thing he would play while we were like getting set up on stage. Break It Down Again by Tears for Fears is a fantastic song from, I think, the early 90s. They're such a great band. Everything I've heard from them, I've just been like, oh my God, this is just wonderful. Did you ever watch the show Psych? No, I know of it, but okay. I didn't watch it. So first of all, the show Psych is great. In the second episode, which or the second season, the first I think it's the first episode of the second season, there's an episode called American Duets that I highly recommend. Tim Carey plays like a Simon host of a like American Idol type show. Mm-hmm. And pe- he, people are dying on the set of this show and it seems like they are dying by things that are set up to kill Tim Carey's character specifically. Oh, okay. So he hires he hires the two guys as psychic detectives to try to figure out who's uh out to get him. And there is this reoccurring joke that starts in that episode that when these two characters were friends in elementary school, they did a duet for their school play of a uh, dream encounter of Kurt Smith and Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, God. Show, show, let it all out. These are the things I can do without. He's talking to you. <laughs> it's so dumb, but that episode was so popular, and they just kept this this thing going on that the one dude is obsessed with Tears for Fears and Kurt Smith so much that Kurt Smith has appeared on the show like four different times as like a guest star that he's like obsessed with and like Kurt Smith has performed a bunch of Tears for Fears songs acoustically on the show and no kidding wow that's amazing I had no idea it's a it's a really weird thing but my whole that's a whole lot to talk about but my point actually with Tears (laughs) for Fears that I think is great about the band is they kind of were able to cover really dark, gothy sounds, right? Something like Shout and um, Mad World, which became way more famous for the Donnie Darko piano cover. But also these like absolutely joyful, upbeat sounds. Like Head Over Heels is such a good 80s love song. Like Everybody Wants to Rule the World is a song that literally just like makes me want to like go and conquer the world when I hear it. Like it's it's the, one of those the songs juxtaposition that is, of their yeah, sounds. I, I love you know, you realize how rare it is that something like a song is so universally beloved. Um yeah. even really popular songs, usually people like not every like some people hate a very popular song. And something like Everybody Wants to Rule the World 
feels like a song that's like impossible to not love, which yeah. is so, so hard to do. I feel like at some point when he was sitting down writing that song and he got to literally just doing the everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. He had to have known like, oh, I hit something here. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. They are a great, great, great band. And I was, I did double check. It's interesting. The song I was referencing is technically a Cheers for Fears song, but comes from the time period where they actually split up. So it was Ow. only... So it was just Tears. It was only uh, <laughs> Roland Orzabal was Tears for Fears alone for a brief period of time. And he put out a record oh. called Elemental under the name Tears for Fears that has this song Break It Down Again on it. But despite that, it is so good. I'm just, I'm plugging it one more time. Out. Listen to that song. It's very, very special to me. So something not included in this polka, but whenever Al performed Polka Party Live during the Monkees tour, in between Shout and the closing song, Papa Don't Preach, he would also play Wang Chung's Everybody Have Fun Tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And I don't know if that was like a Buddy Holly type situation where it was written to originally include it. Couldn't get the permission, and, maybe, yeah. And they couldn't get the permission. Or if it was just something that he was like, man, we're like ripping through this song and it's really short. Let's add one more in there for, for time. You can check sake. the dates on it, too. Maybe it just came out slightly later. Yeah, and it they, could be that they too. integrated it in live for the tour because it was like a big hit on the radio at that moment. There's no way that wasn't a great polka interpretation. Yeah, but totally. As we've said, as we've said before, every one of these polkas, there's at least one song that he does where I just think that sounds so good. I could take a full version of it. And weirdly, I think on this one, it's Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. <laughs> This sounds so unreasonably good with that banjo going in the background and everything. Yeah. It's actually funny. I remember when we were talking about Like a Surgeon, I think we said that we weren't, he doesn't do Madonna again, but we were wrong. He does, Madonna does pop up in two polkas. Um, yeah, because she definitely, um, Ray of Light shows up. Ray of in Light pops 90s, up later, yeah. 90s. But I had totally forgotten but, about this one, um, which is surprising because it's the big finale. Yeah, no, this is great uh, in this format. Um I remain, again, especially following Weird, I am now permanently in love with their, with the Weird Al Madonna relationship, whether it's real or not. I don't even care. I'm just on board. I'm here for it. I love the idea of those two being friends. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. 
We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. So I want to give us some quick numbers um, because I do think that this is interesting. This is the shortest polka. <laughs> okay, For so we were short. right. We were right like, about that. Uh, as we already thought. So polka on 45, which we covered, was 4 minutes and 23 seconds. Hooked on polkas was 3 minutes and 51 seconds. This one is 3 minutes and 15 seconds. Like, Yeah, that's it quick. Is quick. And then I'm looking at the future ones. Like when we get to Hot Rocks Polka, that's four minutes and 50 seconds. When we get to like Polka Your Eyes Out, that's three minutes and 50 seconds. So still about four minutes. Bohemian Polka is probably the closest to the shortest, but that's just one entire song at three minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> it's still Alternative. <laughs> the Polka of only yeah. one song is somehow longer than this one. <laughs> Alternative Polka is four minutes and 50 seconds. We Basically, it's about that four and a half to five minutes. Like the Angry White Boy Polka goes over five minutes. Polka-Rama is the closest to the same time length, which was... Uh, no, wait, I'm an idiot. That's four. Yeah. yeah, so let me see. Even the Hamilton Polka? Yeah, Hamilton Polka is almost five minutes long. Now, Pokemon isn't on here. <laughs> but Oh, uh, yeah. Well, still of the Wait. Uh, of the album polkas, this is the only one that's under three and a half minutes. I do want to mention these two things that I never known. Maybe we, I don't know if we can find these anywhere, but there was a thing on this Wikipedia page of all of Weird Al's polkas. It says yeah. other, so I click the other category. Okay, and it says a polka medley was performed at a 1982 missing persons concert, and is considered to be the first official Weird Al polka medley. Uh, it included parts of Jocko Homo by Devo, Homo Sapien by Pete Smalley, Sex oh, Pete Junkie Shelley. by the... Pl- Pete Shelley, sorry, Pete wow. Shelley. I'm looking at this very far away from my phone. Um, <laughs> Sex Junkie by the Plasmatics, uh, TVOD by The Normal, Bad Holy Boys cow. Get Spanked by The Pretenders, TV Party by Black Flag, what? Janitor by The Suburban Lawns, and people who died by the Jim Carroll band. My God, you want to talk about a you want to talk about a punk rock weird album? That is, I I am <laughs> yeah. stunned. The Plasmatics and Black Flag. Wow. Yeah. Right. Holy cow. And then in this ties into Polka Party uh, in 1986, the year that this came out, the television special Weird Al's Guide to the Grammys. Which maybe we do need to take that up for for an episode. I think we might have to. Featured Yankovic and fellow accordionist Frankie Yankovic performing a short polka medley of the Grammy nominees. It included Born in the USA, Money for Nothing, Boys of Summer, Power of Love, and We Are the World. Wow. <laughs> so I definitely feel like we need to, at the very least, try. I don't think we can find that missing persons concert footage, but that's insane. I, I, um, I but am, we definitely have to try to find I, that. I just looked it up myself because <laughs> I. I not that I didn't believe you, Matt, but I had to actually see that written on a website. TVOD by the normal. I mean, that is, that's crazy. But that's before the debut album. Yeah. So that is peak, like, this is punk rock weird Al. And a missing person. They were opening for missing persons. I, I, I'm going to, uh, we're going to have to come back to this, but I'm going to look for this. And if there's any, even a <laughs> snippet of this in the world, I promise I will find it. Check that MC Lars flash drive. Maybe he's got the live recording somewhere on there. I literally am grabbing it right now. <laughs> I don't want to totally All derail right, so this episode too much, but we can yeah. uh, we, we can continue but while, while I quietly that, look. 
while you do that, it is time for us to rank the polkas. Yes. Now, it's not up against much here. We've got Hooked on Polkas. Our polkas match currently. Hooked on Polkas is our number one, and Polkas on 45 is our number two. Um, I'm going to go ahead and actually put this at the bottom at number three right now. Polka Party is not my favorite of the Al Polkas. When we did Hooked on Polkas and Polkas on 45, I literally was like singing along with it beat by beat. I remembered every transition. I remembered every second of those polkas. It's like etched into my brain. And when we get into the 90s albums, it's even worse with how much it's all like just linked into this part of my brain that registers every moment of those. I can barely remember half of the transitions (laughs) in this one already. It's just not, it doesn't do it for me. I, 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 Love the polkas now, and I think this is my least favorite of them. I, I am uh, okay. So two things: one, um, MC Lars's uh, flash drive unfortunately does not have this polka, but it does have the 1986 salute to the Grammys polka that we've just referenced that he did with um, Frankie Yankovic. Frankie Yankovic. So that's Amazing. fun. We can take a look <laughs> at that. But that 1982 polka is still missing. I'm going to keep looking for it, listeners of this show. Um, if you have any leads on that, boy, do I need that in my life. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, and following that, I am going to disagree with you, Matt. And I am I actually... I thought you were. You were speaking very highly of this one. I am actually putting this at the top. Really? I am. I am. I really like this one. I don't know why. Again, I think I love the frantic energy. And this one really does resonate with me. I, I knew this... I didn't even really, I mean, I did re-listen to it, but I didn't have to because this one was, was at the ready for me. I think I just like the references. And like I said, I love the, the rock me Amadeus thing. There's, there's moments in this that just really, really work for me. I, I feel like at this point in his career, in my mind, I feel like the polkas, the execution of the polkas are getting better and better. We're going to hit a point where oh. he hits like a top level and then it's just going to be like kind of a free for all. But I actually do think he's getting better at this as, uh, as we go. I think that we're going to hit a point probably right when we get into the 90s where it just becomes, at this point, it becomes your musical preference and your musical reference points Yeah, is going to dictate where you rank the polkas, which is slightly biased, but but the, the strength of these really depends on how familiar are you with the songs that are being polkaed. And if you sure. don't... If you don't know the songs, it it kind of feels like a miss. It to it does you. become harder, but I'm looking at my list and right now I have the polkas in reverse order where they, like yeah. the newest is my favorite and then down to oldest. So, um no, that tracks for me. I I maybe my ear for these is a little bit different. I do generally know most of the references he makes musically, but I'm yeah, also I've... just so fascinated by how he glues all of this stuff together. It is just fascinating to me. And it just gets. Better. I'm not as strong of a Rolling Stones fan as you are, so I know that the Rolling Stones one. There's going to be some some gaps in that one for me. Oh, that is the next one, isn't it? Yeah. Once we enter the '90s, though, it's like I know every. I am familiar with every song yeah. that is in every one of those polkas, and that's where it's going to become so much more difficult. Um, all right. Well, it might be a bit before we talk about a polka, but next week we'll still be talking about a polka party. Yeah. So stay tuned for more weird algorithm.
91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.